Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Hi team, happy Tuesday. We've got signs of spring in the park this morning. We've got flowers coming up, we've got more sun, and uh, yeah, lovely, lovely to go for a walk in the morning with all that. So uh, I'm in a good place this morning and I hope you are too. Okay, equally as exciting, we've got part two of the moderation conversation today. Now we're gonna take a deeper dive into a lot of the themes we covered in part one. So if you haven't caught part one, go back and catch that. And if you enjoyed part one, you're definitely gonna enjoy part two. You know, we look at the neurological reality of moderation, why it's a slippery fish, why it's so hard to keep hold of, you know, we look at our personal experiences, the nuances and paradoxes in this, in this, and, and why it's uh, such an important part of many of our journeys. Um, yeah, so uh, excited to see you there. Now, if you're listening to this on the day of release, which is Tuesday the 8th of March 2022, we're going to be doing a super special announcement in the Facebook group tonight. And uh, just, a, just a bit of a secret between me and you, it's about the programme we've been planning to release for ages. So if you are interested in finding out what that super secret special announcement is about then uh, come and find out in the facebook group now we've also got something very exciting coming up this weekend we're gonna we're gonna announce that over the course of this coming week it's something we haven't done before and it's really important and um we're really really invested um in that so if you're if you're intrigued by either of those things come join the group come find out the uh, the announcements this week and uh, yeah come meet the awesome community of people we've got going in there it really is a wonderful uh place to hang out okay without further ado moderation part two it's a bit of a paradox some of this stuff because we were we were chatting before about how if you're going to decide what moderation is for you and, you know, there are different tools and tactics and this naked mind have some kind of, you know, if you're going to say, for example, set yourself boundaries of what you can and can't drink on a night or certain things that are non-negotiables, you know, I'd never get, if I ever get in my car, you know, after drinking and now the non-negotiables are like things that essentially you're like, I'm not willing to let alcohol ever do that again. And if that were to happen, then I really have to take a long, hard look at this. Mm. But if we're talking about sort of like uh, commitments or rules, and we have to be careful here because they can be like a red flag, you know, like like a red rag to a bull if we're not careful. Like if you go out and you're like, I'm only going to drink this many, and then you drink a few beers and then you're like, fucking rules. And it can almost make it so that you're like, well, stuff them. Um, and that can be really damaging because it means that we can go, we can break commitments to ourselves, mm. to our loved ones, and it can hammer our relationships and it can hit our self-esteem. And so as oh, much yeah. as much as those things are important, I'm sure people can see that if you if you go out and you don't follow through on the things you said you were going to do and then you beat yourself up about it, you're locking in behaviors. Mm, mm, yeah. That you is. have to do the opposite of what of what you've trained yourself to do if this is ever going to work. That what you've said, Sam, just that is so bloody true. You I, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel good when you you break trust with yourself. 
so you know and it's like through bloody no fault of your own through your best intentions and yet you're just you're undermining a bit like comparing yourself with others undermining yourself I put, in, put sorry putting these rules but you're undermining yourself and it's and it isn't it isn't your fault because that's that is the way that the substance works it it literally shuts down the part of you that's going to stop yourself yeah you know? yeah and this is the thing i wrote a piece a while back if anyone's interested feel free to ping a message and i'll send it your way called the values hangover and i'll sort of put out there that a lot of people talk about you know the classic physical hangover of the headache and the and etc cetera, etc cetera. but the values hangover to me is that over a course of, of five years 10 years 15 years 20 years when you keep doing things that you know are not aligned with who you are yes. with your values and then you bury them and then they keep happening you carry that with you yeah. you carry it like a weight um and it builds over time and that shit that's one of the greatest things to get back is that it take it can take a little while but like your self-esteem mm. to build up and build up and build up and to build trust back in yourself again yeah i just was thinking about megan brooks when you were talking there do you remember when we interviewed her and she was talking about that process of getting to falling fall in love with herself and do you remember her talking about what that when she was she she explained about this occasion where she she talked about like driving and she's like I'm a good I'm a good driver <laughs> I can trust myself I'm a good driver and so if again if you've missed those episodes if you're a, a new listener Megan Brooks was a a wonderful and is a wonderful lady who um, she was in my one of my very first small coaching groups after being in the alcohol experiment and she's taken us on her alcohol-free journey and so there's some just some beautifully wonderful experiences and perspectives and things that she's had to share so definitely go back and give those a, a listen so I'm glad, I'm glad that you touched on that because it's, it's a really, because it's a self-fulfilling cycle, right? It just, it, yeah. over time, it just gets worse. And then you're, you're drinking more to numb the feelings of misalignment with your true self. And so it goes on. And you don't want to, you know, this is a, you got to think about this, right? If you've realized, wow, I need to do something about my relationship with alcohol. Like I've realized that I want to make a real positive change in my life. The last thing we want to do is then open a door for more to pile more on top of the stuff that's already yeah. there. Oh yeah. And yeah. moderation, if we're not aware of what's going on, that can that can be an element of it. So yeah, look, I mean, this is the thing. Like we I'm gonna complete to be completely upfront about this. I'm never going to tell someone, anyone, I don't believe I know, I, well, I don't know what anyone should or shouldn't do. No idea at all. But I, I do know from experience and from neuro, but from chem, from, from biology, et cetera, like it's hard, it's, it's hard to moderate. Like mm. it's almost, at some point, let's be honest, at some point, right. Do we honestly think if we're on a journey of moderation, we're not going to drink too much, slip up and do that thing we didn't want to do. Like this very, the very drug you're consuming is slowing down you know shutting down your prefrontal cortex which is in charge of your logic right mm -hmm. it's activating your primal brain your amygdala so it's disrupting your emotional regulation mm -hmm. um you know 
you it's not about whether you can control it because it's not you that's there like mm. you're fucking offline mm. so it's all well and good going oh well i'll just enact enough willpower to keep myself to me four drinks it's like yeah but you're not there mm. <laughs> like yeah, your willpower's out the window mate you are not in control you're not in the driving seat so if you don't acknowledge if you can't acknowledge that that slip up is going to happen every now and again you know this is a really difficult thing to 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 even embark on so i think it's worth mentioning anyway yeah because we we everything we do we do because we want to feel a certain kind of way sure so if the four beer limit or whatever the number is isn't going to make you feel a certain kind of way you're going to want to drink more right yeah and this and, is the and, thing yeah. and then you're going to be miserable if you if you stick to it i mean i i, I remember wishing my bloody life away to get to the weekend um oh. That's it. I can remember on a Sunday afternoon when I got to the point where, when I knew, when I'd learned my subconscious and my conscious mind, and William Porter talks about this, talks about how the moment you move from somebody who sees alcohol as like, well, why on earth would I drink on a Sunday? It may, I feel shit today because I drank alcohol yesterday. The moment that shifts into, oh, I could drink today because it will help me feel better from the alcohol. That's a real big move, right? Now that's a really big step. So I was... Sunday afternoons, desperate. I would like, I might drink a little bit and then I'd feel this dysphoria because I wanted to drink more. But I I'd know, I knew that if I drank, then I'd drink way more than I wanted. Monday would be hell. So, but, so I'd end up in this like, you know, Sundays would just be like, just shit. <laughs> like basically gone, completely gone, written off. Yeah, so then you just eat shit food and just eat crap and, and watch shitty TV because it's the only thing you can do to try and numb yourself through it. It makes me feel sad to think back to how highly anxious I felt of a Sunday. Like that, you know, that dread, that Monday morning dread that's looming. And it, and it, and it would start earlier and earlier. So Friday, yay, Friday. And then Saturday, ah, but it's Sunday tomorrow. And then as soon as you get into Sunday, you can't enjoy Sunday because you're dreading Monday rolling around. And, and then, yeah. Sorry, the other thing I was going to say with it, because I, I always had this idea I was just a really anxious person. And drinking was causing the anxiety, right? So all that time I've squandered by not being in the present but feeling highly anxious and worrying about all the things that were going to happen when the week started and it's you know it's like the king canute thing like you know just don't, don't want it to be monday don't want it to be monday. and then you're in it and wishing your life where to get to the weekend again that's it's nowhere to live it's nowhere to live that's it because monday tuesday and wednesday you're kind of climbing back up the ladder again and then you finally get to a point where you've got a semblance of ah oh, like oh god i don't feel mm -hmm. like i'm gonna like full of anxiety and then it's like oh can't wait to get drunk again now that i want people to know it's better but it's better than this but that moment where you suddenly get the oh god what was i worried about where did all that anxiety come from everything's okay i'm not you know about that what was i worried about like oh it's gonna be great it's friday tomorrow that moment that there imagine that 
amplified and just living your life from that place because that's where you can get to that's yes. where you can get to this is a, we've been we're supposed to be talking about moderation or we keep doing is talking about how happy we are to not be doing it <laughs> just realize the irony of that but well, it, you know but it's difficult not to mm. it's difficult uh, i think that the, the, the thing is when you when, when you've experienced what we've experienced and and because we we coach in this space and we see people in pain and we don't want people to be in pain you want it's like this, um, that just the desire to shortcut it. And, and we can't shortcut it for anybody necessarily. We can accelerate things, I suppose. But um, the, it's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's like doing over the worst bit over and over and over again. Because like you say, you just start to get your head above water and, and let's face it, it takes a good one, two weeks for alcohol to completely get out of your system. So if you do, like I used to do, I get the three days, feel like a champ because I've managed to do three days in a row without having a glass of wine. Well, it's not Friday, it's Thursday, but I deserve to celebrate, like, I, you know, mm. I deserve a reward because for me, alcohol was relaxation or it was a reward. Deserve a reward because I've done really, really well. So I'm going to reward myself by poisoning myself with this carcinogenic substance. So, and then you're back in it again. And that, like I, just as you said, I'm, I'm never going to tell somebody what to do. Like that, that isn't my role, but I have to be honest with people when they are in that bit, that piece where it's, you're making it harder for yourself. Maybe that's what they need to experience, but it's almost, you'd almost be better off apart from, from a health perspective, you'd almost be better off just drinking every day. Well, it's interesting. That's so interesting that you just said that, because I was just about to say there's something that we've missed until now. And I think it's important to talk about is that, and I've been through this myself, is that if you say to yourself, oh, fuck this moderating in the style of like drinking at the weekend, only drinking, if you like, if you get to the point like I did, where you're like, so I'll just drink three or four cans a night, right? And I'll, and I'll do it that way. Well, that's a whole different game altogether. Again, alcohol explained brilliant job of breaking down the differences between binge drinking versus every day. And I've done them both. And actually the, the, the drinking every day thing for me was a, was as a counter to the binge drinking. Now, interestingly, here's what I found is that that has its own set of, um, realities attached to it. And the weirdest one probably is that if you're getting home every night, and drinking your, I mean, I was getting home every night in Poland, drinking five or six cans of, of lager, strong Polish lager at the least. And then you'd slip up sometimes and I'd be drinking vodka or going out for the night on a, when I hadn't planned. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you don't get any of that. Like there's, there's none of the, all oh, Friday's coming. Interestingly, I found that really dark because Friday, there was zero buzz about Friday because I'd been rat ass on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And when you, if you have enough days where you've been drinking every single day, okay, your hangovers perhaps don't feel so acute because the point of comparison is different. But the general bar of life and what it is to live starts to fall oh, and fall. Yeah. And I got to a point where, this is what I was saying to Annie on her podcast the other day, where it got so bad that I was like, I don't know how to, get, I can't, I don't know how to get out. I don't, so I'm going to make this so bad. I've got no choice. Mm. So then I'd, I'd up it and I'd be drinking more every night. 
And then I'd be drinking earlier on a Saturday, drinking earlier on a Sunday. And um, I think the one time that I ever drank in the morning per se, right? Because I think people get different things of like, oh, well, I'd never drink in the morning. And I can remember going out on a Friday night, getting absolutely hammered, waking up the next day. And I had such bad anxiety. I'd planned to meet my mate and I woke up at half past 10 in the morning. I'd planned to meet my friend in town. And I knew that we'd been set up for a whole day of drinking, right? We were going to start and the, whole, the idea was literally we're going to meet at like one o'clock and we were just going to drink like for however many hours. That was the plan, right? Well, I was, I felt so bad. I was like, I can't go. I was like, I feel so bad. I can't go. So what did I do? Went to the fridge and drank cider. That just about leveled me out enough to get me out of the house to that place. And then I just, the next day was just like, and at that, like, that was a, oh, right. I see. I see how this happens because we all have ideas of like, falling and the next layer of a layer of like where we'd go with this and where we'd go with this and um i think it's really easy to be like well i've never i've never drunk in the morning yet how many people have drunk in the morning at airports or how many people have you know we bend the rules depending on yeah, the circumstance I, I mean this is the thing like when when i was in my international career traveling and still am actually traveling around the world although i don't travel as much as i used to but that was a thing like wherever i was it was it was irrelevant what the time Happy was hour. because it's like, yeah and you know, you like I I was jet setting around in flying around in first class. And yeah, why would I turn down the free champagne then? I mean, I used to put beer in my cornflakes at festivals because you didn't have milk. So you get your honey nut cornflakes and you stick a pint of whatever shit beer, warm beer you've got with it. But you'd be like, well, it doesn't count, does it? Because it's a festival. So you know the things that we do the logical the like the the weird warped logic that we create around this oh stuff. yeah yeah and the, the other thing that i was thinking about as you were talking was um it's and again part of the reason that we wanted to put this podcast together right back at the beginning was to dispel like the myths so you know there's two types of drinker there's people that can drink and people that can't and we're all made of the same stuff we we're all like if you choose to expose yourself to an addictive drug then you're eligible too so this whole thing from i think it's from aa isn't it yet you're eligible too so you you might not be yet but you're eligible too well, and yeah, and a lot of people, they, this is the problem of like the, we talk about like the straw man argument and the steel man argument, right? And like, and people are often, they, they'll throw a straw man at us for things like, um, oh, so you're just saying that alcohol affects everybody in the same way, aren't you? That's what, yeah, and it's like, well, well, no, what we're saying is alcohol affects everybody. Like, obviously it doesn't affect everybody in exactly the same way because we're all different people with different bodies, et cetera, et cetera. But it's well, it has, it has it's a class part. it's a it chemical has, class it's a depressant and it's going to hit your body in the same way so it might not be, yes. have the exact same outcome but it's going to hit you hard in one you know so yeah it's you, you can't circumvent the biochemical no. process exactly that's what we're saying so yes. and and that slippery slope of like this is the thing you know this is why i found it this is why i started writing the blog and started writing this stuff i've got one that's called uh am i an alcoholic and it goes through 
four or five um, points in my life where I was drinking differently, right? There's a point where I was binge drinking. There's a point where I was drinking every night. There's a point where, you know, and, and it's like at the end of each thing, it's like, so was I an alcoholic now? Question mark. Mm. Was I an alcoholic now? Question mark. When, when, when's the line? When did I cross it? Because uh, anyway, we've, we've kind of like ended up down at, this has been, this is a really good chat. We've ended up, I think probably just saying a lot of things that we actually haven't said before. Um, contained within this topic of moderation but we've covered a, a ton of stuff here mm. a load a load of stuff so yeah is there, i mean i don't know as we what else do we want to cover what else is important to say well i think what we planned originally to do was to talk to people about practical oh, tactics yeah. we can do that uh so for people that as you said a little while ago that feel that this is the next right step what can we offer them? And one of the first things that came to mind was that I believe your best chance of being able to moderate is from a place of liberation versus fixation. 100%. And my recommendation to anybody would be to take a year so if you really 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 want to moderate and it's that important to you then do your year alcohol free and that is your best chance of then being able to moderate yeah it's interesting though some people's best chance of doing a year is picking like three months or six months though i think interesting because i completely agree with you like when i decided to do that year um i think i'd initially said six months and then a couple of months in i was like oh i'm gonna do a year um mm. and then along the way uh, it's the master tactic it's not really a tactic and and i mean this is here's why that seems true to me or how i see it is that when we try to come up with an idea of what forever might be we have a story around it, it freaks us out we don't know what it means we haven't been there before so we get loads of feelings attached to that right now if we go on a journey of just saying i'm going to give myself the gift of six months or a year or however long alcohol free do everything in the calendar right i know it's going to be a challenge but there's a bigger picture at play here i can do this i can do this right and whatever happens at the end of that year if i drink i drink whatever like that's absolutely on the table i'm not putting the me and myself in the pressure cooker and putting mm. myself in the opposite i'm taking the lid off i'm saying whatever happens six months or a year from now whatever now the amazing thing about that is for many people they realize six seven eight months in nine months in two months in whatever wow my life is so damn good like i'm either going to go for another year or i'm going to just not say that i'm doing this forever i'm just going to see how long this lasts or i'm just mm -hmm. gonna you don't have to do the scary stuff of like you can you can just go and get exploring what life is like and actually something magical happens when you do that i'd say the trick is you have to truly say to yourself whatever happens at the end of that year is what happens like it's not like a you know, even if you think, well, if it's great, like I'll, I'll carry on with this or you have like, if there's an ounce of pressure, like for me, it's like you, you can take that, take that off. Right. Mm. Just whatever happens will happen and explore, see what happens. Um, because what will happen for many, many people is that however many months in you wake up in the most incredible life that you didn't even know was possible with those jewels we were talking about starting to shine. 
And then the decision from that vantage point is, is very different. It's mm. very, very different. Mm. It is. It is. You, you, you have no idea how you're going to feel. It's a very interesting expanse of time because typically you will experience a lot of the, what we term as firsts, first holiday, first Christmas and I think one of the things that I hear quite often in the subject of moderation is, well, I just want to be able to have like that one glass at, you know, to celebrate mm. a wedding or, and it's a really interesting idea because it's, well, what, what is it with that one? Yeah. Like, what is it? What's so special about that? And, and either there's a belief behind it, which signals and there is some work to do to find true liberation versus fixation or it's just this romanticized mm. story in the brain born from habit because you know if I look at when I got to six months alcohol free and it was my 40th birthday and off I go to the fridge to get a drink and the thought immediately popped into my head of this is where you would pop the champagne because that, that is what I've done on every single birthday and celebration, celebratory occasion, pop the champagne. And that thought didn't mean that I had some underlying belief that needed to be worked on. It was, that was, that's just an old neural pathway seeing its way out. And I could just think, wow, God, that's funny, isn't it? How your brain still does that. I don't want to drink mm. at all. I've got no desire, but... Wow, that's interesting. That's where the education and curiosity comes in. That's where this naked mind is so powerful. And that's, I think, a lot of the reason why we're in it. Because if you know that, if you know that that's a phantom, it's just mm. something that's like whoosh, passing through you in the same way that when you get in a new car and the indicator's on the other side, that's what Alan Carr used to say. You know, you still, you know, beat yourself mm. up for flicking the indicator on the wrong yeah, side yeah, and be like, yeah. oh, I wish I had a different fucking car. It's like, no, you're just, <laughs> it's just a thing that's happening. And, but, but if you don't know that, and you're in the willpower and you've white knuckled it to six months. It's very, very logical that you'd be like, oh, six months in, what the hell? Is this going to be forever? God, I'm going to be, am I going to be? And you make it mean something. The thing is, like, like we say a lot, Ellie, the moment you get tricked into thinking that that thought knows anything about who you are or what you want, you are in hot water. Mm. You are not your thinking. You are mm. not your thinking. The same is true on the moderation thing as well. So all those things running through your head of like, oh God, you idiot, why can't you moderate all these other people? None of that's you either. Mm. It's a program that's running. Mm. And it's probably a comparison game running, comparing yourself to other people. And let's be honest, they're struggling too, most likely. So it's, mm. that's the issue. So you're so right. That's the thing about the year. The thing about the year is, I think it's just enough time for, I mean, here's how it felt to me. I felt like I went through the tantrum stage. <laughs> I went through the, fuck's sake why blah, blah 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 and this is like i'd had months off and two months off and three months off but that length of the time and then a few nights where i went out on a saturday night and i was like oh i'm not having fun i'm gonna go home and eat pizza and watch shit tv but then there's nights where you're like oh that was great and then they start mm. to build and then you start to have a bank of genuinely positive visceral you know experiences where you were there in body mm. and mind and they were like oh and then you start to notice patterns like, why do I never enjoy going out 
and not drinking when I go out with old Jeff. And then you might be like, oh, because old Jeff's a knobhead. Or like you realise that he's full of shit. And you're like, that's why, because we never had anything in common. Sorry, (laughs) Jeff. Jeff Sorry, Jeff. I don't know anyone called Jeff. Oh, I Um, know Jeff. Oh, dear. Well, I wasn't talking. I've never met that Jeff, so I'm not talking about Jeff. Um, but you know, you start to notice patterns and, and then, you know, that first holiday, like you say, the first wedding, like, look, if you go into that holiday going, look, I don't know, I'm a bit scared, but I know that I'm just doing this. I'm doing this to experience something and see what's in this for me. Mm. Um, you know, you, it's a gold mine. It's magical. It can be the most wonderful, wonderful thing. And any, at any time during those experiences, one of those beliefs can just snap and you might not even know it's there. Mm. Like the moment I enjoyed a music festival more, not off my face, mm. I was like, well, this changes everything. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. then I was like, it actually seems absurd to me that I'd lie in the sun and drink beer. Why would I want to do that? Dehydrate myself and make myself feel shit. Yeah. Like, that's madness. Yeah. And if, that, that that feeling it's it's so wild like i said to you before we started recording somebody said to me last night but so you you be there you're just never gonna ever have a drink ever again i'm like no i don't think so but like there's literally no reason why it would ever make any sense to me like and like quite the opposite it would seem like the most ridiculous thing to do because it would ruin it, like I can't, there, there is not one positive aspect. The only thing that I think it's very effective at is being an anaesthetic, and I don't want to anaesthetize myself. So, eh, it's um, it's it's crazy. Anyway, the the other thing that I thought about with a year is, and I think why it's so effective and so appealing to somebody like me is it's one decision it's one massive firm decision yeah so when you tell your brain maybe maybe means yes so there is so much power to be had in making a firm decision and if you if you've been very if your intention around a year is very clear and very deliberate and communicated with yourself then you're not going to have the same irritation from the subconscious part of your brain because it's clear it's clear the 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 conscious mind the subconscious mind is aligned it's a yeah that's it there's um you know there's there's no going back on it where uh we moderate it's a lot of decisions it's decisions all, it's thinking about drinking all the time. It's decision-making about drinking all the time. And as a stressed out individual, like the thought, like I was trying to find peace in my life and ease, not fill it with more stress through constant decision-making. I remember when I used to get up on a morning and by the time I've helped three small children to get dressed, I can't figure out what the fuck to wear. It's like, and the, uh, and the uh, like decision-making fatigue is a real thing. And it doesn't matter whether it's a little thing, like what am I going to wear today or a big thing? How much money am I going to invest in my ISA or I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. business you say, it, it doesn't matter. It takes the same amount of energy. 
it's really worth looking for anyone who's interested in that. Go and look at that. Go look at the science of decision-making fatigue because what Ellie's pointing at is, yeah, like when you decide whether to have a ham or cheese sandwich, like that, the, the amount of energy it takes versus shall I move this huge sum of money into, go look at the science behind it. This is why, by the way, a lot of the greatest creative minds on the planet, such as Steve Jobs when he was alive, wore the same thing every day because they knew yeah. The, 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 genuinely though, yeah. like this is why a lot of those, they, it's just like you keep everything simple and you keep the channel open. Um, and yeah, like I completely agree. Like, um, you know, and the thing is we're, we're in a world where a lot of people are locked into our ideas like one day at a time. And, and, but actually we're all, you know, you will know, like I found, I, I would say a year is great. Another way of framing it is pick, a length of time that is achievable, but slightly, oh my God, that's a bit of a, I'd feel incredible if I did that. So that's, you know, and I feel like a year. Well, that, was, that was three days for me. So. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but, but that's like, the thing is, because there may be people sitting here and listening and going, oh, fuck me, I could never do a year. Well, we'll start at the seven days then, right? Because yeah, I think yeah. you'd be surprised that that, it's totally possible to go, Actually, I do want to do a year. I'm going to start with seven days. Mm-hmm. And when I've done seven, I'm going to do another seven. Then I'm going to do, because you, your bravery will increase. You'll get to a point where you're like, whoa, if this is what two months is like, I can do it. There's this whole thing in meditation yes. where very often your mind is going, um, like with pain, for example, it's like, well, can you, can you tolerate this? And it's actually like, you are. Mm. You're in the moment tolerating it now. So you mm. just remain in the moment and it will the moment you meet it and surrender to these things in the moment, mm. they change. The moment you build more story around them, they create more layers of thought and more layers of feeling, right? So the thing about that is you knock a lot of that out. If you're like, one decision, one year, going to do this, slightly scary, really challenging though. God, this is exciting. What could I do for a alcohol-free holiday? What could I do for this? What could I do to like uh, say, well, bloody done two months in, shall I buy myself an Xbox with the money I've said, whatever it is. I don't know why I said Xbox, strange. It's my teenage Sam popping out my head. But those, that's like, then a load of thinking falls out your head. Then it's not, shall I drink on Friday? What about four drinks? What about, it's it's a genuine platform a solid of solid ground from which you can stand, which is very different to the quicksand that a lot of people have around moderation, which is mm. a bunch of moving targets like we've described in these, these podcasts that don't really exist and you're trying to stand on them. There's no foundation. So no wonder you fall over. Mm. So this is another way of looking at it. That's why I think I see it as the ultimate learning tool um, is that you're going to learn a huge amount about yourself, a huge amount about yourself. And if you do go back to drinking a, year, a year's time, and if you do, it's going to be really interesting because here's what I learned, right? I was like, it was like a final thread for me that I felt was like, and a lot of people have learned from my running into a wall on this one, which I'm pleased about. But in my mind, I was like, well, you know, you've never been this long. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, okay, yeah. you did three months, but you've never done nearly two years before. Maybe it's different. I mean, it wasn't. I fell straight back in just as quickly, right? Mm-hmm. But that was powerful learning. Mm. That was powerful, powerful learning. And that's why I'm sat here with you making this podcast, Ellie, because of that experience. Mm. I just briefly want to build on what you were saying about when I joked and said, three days. Because 
be you don't want to you do, if, if it a year or even a month or even a week feels like a long time you have the only way that you can do it is by breaking it down mm. it doesn't mean that a year isn't possible it means that there is a more effective way of getting there and that tactic of lengthening so start with what you can win at win at it cultivate the positive emotion build on that success yeah that it's it's such a powerful technique and part of the the reason why this all works is because confidence is the thing that comes last so we don't ever start anything with confidence we'd like wouldn't that be nice but it, it doesn't work that way you have to start with making a commitment to something then you have to muster up the courage to see it through and to lean into the discomfort then you start to build capability and then just as you're getting capable that's when the confidence comes but this is why it can be highly effective to stack one win upon another because if it's if you're like me and initially you're thinking oh my god like that. i remember in the alcohol experiment when i got to like seven days and then ten, like 10 days double digit days like wow and it's like that feels good you know i'm smiling and what have you thinking about because it, it was a big deal and then you're more likely to be able to build on and keep building on that success because it feels good that's it. And we're also different, right? So for me, for whatever reason, I fell into drinking patterns that a lot of people don't get to. Like some quite, I mean, I don't, you know, some, a couple of month long and two month periods that were pretty messy in terms of drinking. But I would also find it, I could turn the tap off for a length mm. of time. And people would be like, oh, look at you. You can stop drinking for a length of time yeah. and then start. And then, but what they didn't see was the internal struggle of me dragging myself out each time and how bad it had to get in order for me to go back into that on-off period. Now, for other people, it's different. For other people, they're like, they're looking at other people, they're like, why can that person just be like, I'm going to do a year, bang, it's done. But what you'll find when you look at how people's different psychologies works, work, for some people, they'll be like, I'm going to take January off, dry January, and it's a piece, it's like easy, right? But they know, they're like, they know I'm going to drink in February. And so what they're, what they're leveraging is, the, is that knowledge, which is, you know, so different people's psychologies work differently. Mm. So figure out what's right for you. But like what Ellie's saying, the lengthening piece, that thing of like, there is a way to do it. And like, it's, um, we don't know what it means. So what we might do is extrapolate like what that one dry January we did. We're like, we, we try and say, well, what would 12 of them be like? That is not how it works. It's not like that mm. because that first month might be, a certain experience and then month two is like oh my god this is incredible like what the hell would i ever want to drink for and then month three some things some emotional things might bubble up mm -hmm. you might go through a month so you can't like you don't know like it's only going to unfold in the moment it's only going to unfold in the moment month or month or month trust the process right you're being held like you've got some real wisdom like we're not designed to drink it alcohol we do heal mm. and if there's one thing that I want to say to anybody, wherever you are on the journey, whether it's in the moderation attempts, whether it's like we heal, like it's either, you know, we're not broken forever. We're all different. We all have different physiologies. And, but once we touch this place, this is what we're all about is Nelly. This is what we're putting into our thing that we're building is this. Once you touch the magic of like the formless before the story, you touch that place 
crazy things you can't even imagine could happen. And a lot of those things can happen on a year away or a month away or two months away. Your vantage point will be so different. Like you don't have to make these huge decisions that seem like you can't make them seem scary. Don't make them then go on a journey and take a few months off. Like give yourself that gift, see it as a gift. Cause that's what it is. It's not, it's not a punishment. Like living without alcohol is the complete opposite of like a punishment. It's, it's, it's a wondrous thing, isn't it? So mm, It is. The, um, I think it would be immiscible to say, to, sorry, to omit that it would be advantageous at the very least to not do the year alone. And by that, I mean with some form of community, community coaching, because things will, things will come up for sure. They'll come up, whether it's in the realm of societal beliefs or beliefs about self. Mm-hmm. And we all need, we all need help at times. It's a, yeah, we're tribal. Mm. We are one as well as being separate. Mm. And that year, the value of that year, what you're pointing to Ellie is that, the value of that year can be exponentially increased by a decision to say, throw some coaching in or being in a group or Mm. whatever, you know, whatever you decide to do, it can Mm. just make that so valuable. Mm. I'm edging towards like, do we, so you've done a year and then you still want to moderate. What do we want to talk about how to navigate that? I think we should briefly talk about that. And then I think we should pause this for later discussions. Cause I think this, the comment, this conversation, I think it's quite good that this has been quite a liquid conversation. Yeah. I think it had to be, cause there's so many, it's complex. Like mm. it's, it's not as simple as, well, oh, here's moderation. Here's what to do about it. Mm. It is a flowing discussion. Um, yeah. Yeah. We can talk about that. Um, I mean, here's what makes sense to me is that you ask yourself a very deep question which is what, how am I changing on this journey? Where am I? How am I meeting myself? Do I want to invite alcohol back in at this point? Or do I want to experiment with some extra time? So that's one thing you can ask yourself. Two, would, with what I know now, would inviting alcohol back into my life work for me? And how, what, what would it look like if it did? Mm-hmm. Because one thing that's really sticky that you need to be aware of is that there is a chemical reality to drinking. Yes. It will it will get you again, and it will convince you if you if you slip back into ask me how I know if you slip back into your old patterns, and then you try and imagine what it was like over that year, it will whisper in your ear that didn't happen. It didn't feel that good, but it did. So log it is another thing record your time make sure you're shooting some videos tell yourself how great you felt all those things and and get real with yourself what's more what's the most what are your priorities what are your values you know perhaps even going and doing going and doing a couple of sessions with a coach or with someone that you trust asking those questions get someone to really help you bring that stuff out can i just ask you something from it just dawned on me because this again this is something that comes up a lot where people ask that in that situation you described where you have an absence for a period and then you go back into drinking 
for whatever reason you've decided that you're going to drink again. And often people report that it gets much worse, much more quickly. So it's not like you go back in and ease yourself in and it's like this slow descent. People kind of report this fast descent and it, it, it's like, um, you know, it, it, it's as if some, something happens in that absence that then accelerates how bad it is. Yeah, I mean, here's how I see it. Here's what happened, I think, for me, is that you you try and use alcohol for something that you know it doesn't work for anymore. Mm. Yeah, and you learn that really quickly. And then you're like, oh, well, I'll just try and use it how I used to. Um, and then you're like, oh, it's not working. So then you try and, and then you keep hitting the button. That's, I think, what can happen, the cognitive dissonance of knowing how great it was. Yes. And then you're, and like, I want anyone to know if anybody's in that position now, it's okay. Like you're being grist for the mill. You're being ground down. And it's teaching you. So, yeah, I mean, look, that, that can definitely happen. That can definitely happen. I think the people for whom they come off of like a year and they actually say become someone who drinks once in a blue moon or so, I think they're very, very rare. And there tends to be medical reasons or, you know, guardrails that are up for whatever reason. Mm. Um, because, you know, we have to accept that. I think, I think it's in, in again, in Alcohol Explained. Um, I think William uses the analogy of like, it's like a car, it's like a road that you've driven many times. So it's not like you're like getting back in the car and learning to drive from A to B yes. again. It's like you've yes. been there. It's carved out. So you know what it looks like. So yeah, yeah. So it's, it's funny because, you know, those when I went back to drinking after those 19 months, they were not my worst on paper. But internally, and I mean like literally in units drunk and like how, mm. but internally because of what I knew, that was a whole different ball game. I was carrying a weight that I hadn't carried before. Mm. Um, but again, that weight eventually broke me open. Mm. Mm. So I'm grateful for that. Mm. Which is not something I thought I'd ever say, but it's true. Mm. Yeah. Is this a good point to, uh, to round up? Uh, have we I don't there know some, there was something else I was thinking about when um, I was just thinking logically through the steps of so I've done the uh, uh, I've then your questions by the way to the the self-inquiry questions are really really good the then well I've decided I'm going to go ahead anyway knowing the point that we've just talked about in that it's a road well traveled so you know you know buckle up you know what you're in for is there anything else that we would suggest to people you know you mentioned guardrails that's a really good point do you want to talk a bit about what guardrails are yeah i mean so some people have natural guardrails for example like my partner robin it makes her ill if she drinks too much so they're just up for other people, it might be like, well, I'd never drink in the morning or I'd never do this. Or, and it's kind of like things that we've in, we may have inherited them. Um, mm -hmm. And we can try and install guardrails. Um, by that, it's like, I only drink at this time or I only drink this amount or that amount or non-negotiables are guardrails, which is like, I mean, that's a powerful thing in terms of 
ask yourself, what do I want to have happen in my life from where I am now? Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, well, is that aligned with drinking? Like, is it going to get in the way of the best version of me? Because I can, we can promise you that if you still feel like there's a, there's a bit of you that's like, mm, I still feel like I'm missing out a little bit. Well, there will be stuff you can do. So don't drink just because you, just because that's going on. That's an important thing to say, probably. If you're like, I still feel like I'm missing out a little bit, explore that, perhaps get some help from a coach or someone around that, yes. see what's going on and then make a decision, then make yeah. a decision. Yeah, because you, you, because your intention is is everything. So if if, for instance, I never wanted to compromise being present and available present and sober for my children sure yet I had this glamorous ideal of what it's like to sip on a glass of champagne at a wedding right okay do I really want to compromise my intention for the wistful feeling around cheersing with a glass of champagne at a wedding Yeah. Like you've it's yeah. your compass, right? You've got a compass. You've got a compass, you've got a map. <laughs> and map of a core pilot. Yeah, exactly. And you know, reflect. I think it, one last thing that we didn't do that I think might be powerful is like run the entirety of all this stuff that we've spoken about through a different drug like nicotine, like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Run that well, if you took a year away. And if you were someone that smoked 20 or 30 a day, and then you were only going to smoke two a day or something like run it, like look at it because the story, what we've all got thinking that we don't know is there around alcohol. Like there's so many layers on top of the drug that it almost, it's like a cultural phenomenon. Like there's nothing, you know, which is there's less layers around something. Like if, for example, if you've never been a smoker, things will be very apparent to you that aren't with alcohol because you don't have blind spots. So running through everything we've said with something like, that can be really, really powerful as well. So I guess it's just, look, be really conscious. Don't sleepwalk back into it. And also know that if you do, <laughs> that's okay too. Because I mean, that's basically what happened to me. Like I sort of slept, walked back into it because there were things, deep self, like beliefs about self that I hadn't met. Mm. Um and so, you know, sometimes we, we can't see those things because they're subconscious and they will play out in our behaviors. So get really curious, get really, really curious, you know, because it's the thing. It's like, well, logically, I've done a year. Surely I can do this or surely I can do that. Well, notice it, can you? Because if mm-hmm. you can't. So, yeah, I think. Um, I think that's I think that's it, mate. We'll come back to this. I think that's it bye <laughs> adios after that two hour well actually it's going to be two parts isn't it but after that like <laughs> two hour conversation about this fear slippery that's fish all, time folks. yeah um yeah. <laughs> well hey look i mean i really enjoyed talking about that it's it really is not black and white it's as gray as the like the drinking spectrum mm. um and yeah, it's really, really important to talk about that. So I think that this is, you know, I did, 
I think this is an important one for all of us to listen to. And it's been a great reminder for me. I don't know how you feel, Ellie, but to revisit some of these things, it's really interesting to go back and, and think over things. And it brings up new insights around how things used to be and how mm. wonderful it is to, to not be going through that. Mm. 100%. 100% it does. So lovely listeners, thank you for Thank you for joining us and we would love to hear what you've got to say about the subject. So if you want to strike up some more moderation convo in the group, in our little yeah. private, it's not even little anymore, our private Facebook, oh, I'm fucking massive, private Facebook group <laughs> called Present sure Silver. <laughs> come and join us in there and we we can continue the con- we will continue the conversation but i'd be re- i would love you see it's, we we kind of sit recording these things and we're in uh our space and our thoughts and it's great and it's fun and it's it is insightful but i would love to mm. hear some feedback from the wider community uh and and if, if you want to leave us a review, oh, yeah. I'm still, I'm still watching. I've There's got been, a watch list. And to me, I think we're going to perhaps, uh, I'm going to start reading some of them out because some of them are absolutely lovely. Thank you so much. I thought you were um, going to say something else then. No, they're great. Like, it's so nice to see, to see that these conversations are really helping people out. And, um, yeah, I mean, we, we love doing these. We really do. Um, so yeah, thanks for all the Thanks for all the wonderful things that you're saying and all the great discussion in the group. And there's some fab discussion going on in there. So mm. awesome. And, and if you haven't left your review yet, you're on the watch list. That's it. <laughs> That's it. First person to leave a review. And I was going to, no, actually, I'm not going to say that. If anyone can get the, well, I mean, the first person to get the term slippery fish into their review, <laughs> they uh, they win something, like a year's supply of, of kippers. Slippery fish. <laughs> right, on that note, slippery fish. See you later. Okay, there we have it, team. So there we go. Like, reach out, let us know, leave a review if this one's been helpful, share it. Let's get some conversation going around this because I think there's so many myths and a lot of BS out there about moderation, to be perfectly honest with you, um, from, from both sides of the fence at the end of the day. So I think it's really important that we have an open, raw, and connected conversation around this topic. And hopefully we've, uh, we've added in a positive way to to that conversation right now if you are somebody who feels like they're locked in a moderation cycle going around the merry-go-round again and again someone who's ready to stop um, or you have stopped for a period but you keep finding yourself being called back me and ellie have got just the thing for you now if you want to find out about it get yourself over to the facebook group and go and find out about it there's going to be videos on there and content on there that's going to tell you about what it is that we're just about to launch okay Have an badass and a badass Tuesday and we'll see you soon.